you can do this. It's episode 16 of For Our Edification. Thank you for downloading this uh, episode of For Our Edification. I am Eddie Francis. For Our Edification is brought to you with the support of the Purposeful Philanthropy Foundation. And the podcast is available on some of the biggest platforms out there. Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now, drumroll please, Pandora. So make sure you search, check out, follow, download, for our edification and go to the for our edification page at eddiefrancis.com motivational speaking does it do what it's supposed to do do folks need it i mean when you consider some of the success that the biggest names in the business of motivational speaking have had i would say that there's definitely some value in it well for this episode i dove into the craft with an old speaking colleague of mine, Mark Wiggins. So, let's do this, and let's get inspired. The views and opinions expressed on For Our Edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. Mark Wiggins is a speaker, trainer, and author. He hosts the podcast Off the Bench. I had the pleasure of appearing on episode 29 of his podcast to talk about personal branding. Mark and I met many years ago when we were speaking for Monster.com's education division. It was called Making Account Programs. Well, as it turns out, he has been on the grind ever since. He has kept speaking. He's doing his thing. And he's been covered in the undefeated, believe it or not. And my dude is a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity. And it was very cool to chop it up with my boy Mark Wiggins with an appearance by the cat. When did you decide that you wanted to speak and and just inspire people? What 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 lit that fire? Wow. That it, that's a great question, Eddie. I think I can actually almost pinpoint it to the exact time window day of when it happened and it, it rolled all the way back. We'll, we'll, we'll move past me doing all my Easter resuscitations and stuff at the church, but I had to go and do it. And when I had to stand up and speak, well, Mark, what's going on at college? I, I had to, right? <laughs> um, when people started, when I started playing ball, especially in college, and they wanted me to come out and talk to the classrooms and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really think that it was a, a thing I was going to do to speak or to motivate. But what happened when um, I opened up our, our cookie franchise, right, 94-ish? 94, 95 here in the DC area. And you know, you get the brag book, you know, there's a picture of you standing back and the, all the people come through, they cut the ribbon, all that, all that. And yeah. this lady comes in from the DECA class, right? She says, um, this is great. Would you be willing to come talk to my class about business and whatnot about the whole process, SBA and whatever. So I said, I, I'll do it. Cause you know, I'm all for the show and I get there <laughs> and I delivered Eddie the, the most boring speech in American history. <laughs> I wait. walked out that. Huh? No, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so wait, I got to hear at least part of this. How did the how did the speech start? The start. It started with, "Do you know what the SBA does for you? You know, <laughs> the SBA will allow you to get money, cover, you know, teach you, train you how to run your business. You got to have a business plan, and then you talk about marketing, and then so all the stuff I did to open the store, which, by the way, I had little knowledge in. Um, 
and he wanted me to talk to these kids about it. Eddie, when I say it was a boring speech, they thought it was great because it's what they were dealing with and it, it built the, the teacher's agenda. I walked out of there bored. Like, did I even say anything that was impressive? Did I say anything to move anyone to go do their own business? And that moment, I believe, you know, God spoke to me and said, look, yeah. I need you to speak to people and give them something to hope for to go do. And from that point hmm. forward, and that is real talk, that point forward, it was not about how to do business or how to run a business. It was how to be better as a person so you could run your business, how you could run mm. it as the best person you could be. So that point forward, it all became about Mark Wiggins and motivation. And dare I say, that's kind of when Off the Bench was born. Um, huh. I had an agent at the time and we were working on the messaging and whatever. And, and I, I just wrote about it in my digital magazine about this experience where the coach told me, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about <laughs> how to be great. And, and I want to encourage people. He's like, that's not good enough. I said, uh, you know, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. And I finally just blurted out. I want to help people get off the bench and it's a start lineup of life. Cause that's what I knew sports and basketball, it all merged. Right. Yeah. And he says, shorten it again. I said, I want to help people get off the bench. And that's when I began to move into motivational style mindset of speaking back what in the year was that when you when you came up with off the bench uh 95 95, 95. around 95 okay. i came up 95 so often get off the bench has been around for a minute it's been okay. around for a minute now where'd you play ball university of alabama huntsville go chargers okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too far from uh a and m uh, on the hill Across town. I actually pledged through AM, Gamma Phi, Gamma Phi uh, 1987 Spring, Kappa Phi Psi. Shouts out. Um, okay. we, we went over there to hang out and party and stayed at my school for the education. That's I was going to ask, see, that's, that's, that's always, <laughs> so that's always, let me, so I got to tell you, man, that is, 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 you know, so one thing you and I have in common is that we're both proud black Greeks. We, right. we pledged at predominantly white institutions, but we knew where to party. I, I was always <laughs> at Xavier or Dillard. They, oh, yeah, you know what a party. I mean, what are we going to do at our campus? Did you think they're going to allow us to turn up on the block every day, turn, yeah. the, turn the car, pop the trunk, turn the music on, and everybody's okay with that? <laughs> that wasn't going to fly at my engineer IT type school that I went to. That was not going to fly. So, yes, <laughs> go across town and hang out and then come back and get my education. All right. So, uh, all right, let's, let's have a little fun with this. So what position did you play? I played back in the day. I played forward and center. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, six, six. I would be point guard, shooting guard in today's market. Well, yeah, back then, yeah. I, I was, I was a center. I was a center. <laughs> okay, all right. Did, did, I mean, did you let them come in the lane? Did they, did they get in lane? Did they get out of the lane with regrets? I mean, how did it go, man? Talk to us about it, <laughs> Eddie. I was a bulldog. I was not the offensive juggernaut that my teammates were. I was defender. <laughs> I was the, the Dennis Rodmanish type of player. So I was, the, I would defend anyone, front of the zone, rebound, dive on the floor, energy dude, blocking shots, uh, taking charges. That's how I cut my bones, and I started all four years of college. Do, do so, you use that whenever you speak? Do you talk about your style of play whenever you speak, or do you uh, do you apply that mentality when you speak? I do, I do, I do talk about it. I do apply the mentality because I think you can't move away from your upbringing. Like, what were yeah. you trained to do? How do you transfer those skills into attacking or defending or play or minds games strategy? strategy and hustle and work and grit. I mean, you're working, like we were talking about the cookie store open. I had, I had no, 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 no entrepreneurial background experience. My dad, so, yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was yeah, the cookie store. Okay. So you opened the cookie yeah. store. 
You open the cookies by design, man. I was I was a cookie man before I became a speaker man. That's how that went. Okay. And I knew I knew about that much uh, about how to make a cookie or whatever. So I went to cookie <laughs> college. Okay. I got I got my cookie degree. Uh, I'm baking cookies. <laughs> but what I knew deep down inside, I'm gonna just outwork you. Period. Yeah. Period. If the rest will come along, I'm gonna just outwork you. And we, you know, I, I worked harder because i didn't know how to do smarter at, the, at that point yeah. but you round into shape so that's kind of that you know you bring that sh- that uh, over from sports you know what i'm saying you bring that into what you're doing so when did you know that you were really hitting your stride as a speaker though i mean when when did you start mm-hmm. to see lights because because you said that the first time you did something it was boring to you but other people they liked it Mm-hmm. But when, when, when did you, when did you feel that harmony where you felt like you were running on all cylinders and the audience was really starting to, to really react to what you were doing, or at least they were, they were starting to get it, get your point. You, you, all right. So I'm going to have to embarrass you at this moment. Uh-oh. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch how good I was going to be until I met you at making it count. The hell out of here. No. Straight up. I mean, I was, I mean, again, as an athlete, we're, we, for what people were looking for, I was good to them, but I was not right. feeling good about me and my skill set, right? I had to keep working. And when I joined Making Account, you know, for monetary gain, uh, at $100 <laughs> a session, <laughs> all over the doggone country for, a, it's amazing what you'll do for a dollar. It really is. It's true. <laughs> it really is true. We, but we were rats. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't know what was more, what had what more humor was it us trying to learn the script or hearing everybody how they had to go deliver these stories and presentations at these schools across the country, and how they didn't go right. But um, it wasn't until I had to come in and learn a whole new skill set. It was like the first; it was really my formal training, yeah. and going out to these schools and having them respond to somebody else's message. But it was me delivering, and then having the teachers go. So glad you were here today because that's that's what they've been needing to hear. Yeah. Um, you start learning about the stakeholder. Who really do you need to talk to? Um, you all right back there a little bit? There's a cat. Okay. We have a cat. The cat's name is Asa, and he's he he's a jerk. Cat. The, the cats are ninjas, man. They he, he's liable to jump on your See? head at this moment. No, he's not. He's 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 being a, he's being a jerk. I'm trying not to cuss this because I always cuss this cat out. <laughs> but <then> it, <laughs> you know, making it count though is is so funny because I mean I I I have the same story. I mean I mm-hmm. I knew I could speak. I I, mean, I could get up on stage and do I could do my thing. But um, it, it took me like three years to really figure out what I was really really doing. And the thing that I loved about making it count, I mean, especially with you. And everybody else who we, who, I mean, the legions of people are making account, that was some real iron sharpens iron stuff we had going on. I, I don't know how many times I tell people, they said, where did you learn how to speak? Did you go to Toastmasters? No, not join, sign up, didn't do it. I said, I went to live five for every six months, 250 of the best speakers in the world and yeah. trainers who were there to cut up and you better pass on the first night because you couldn't go hang out and drink if you didn't you had to go study and get ready um and so that was you had to come ret to go yeah. and after a while like you said after two years three years you knew the script but you had to be sharp coming in the door you got uh, you, know, you know what what street cred was street cred was not using the doggone book <laughs> that was street cred <laughs> with the lines and what you're writing it have all your little numbers written down and as you're trying to read <laughs> no book <laughs> Maps. 
<laughs> that was that was street cred. That was when you were working your. But we were working our like you said. We worked our craft back in the day. Yeah. We worked that yeah. thing. I, 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 you tell my terrifying. But I think that is the moment where when I was on stage doing my thing and I met with adversity, you know, some kid cutting up or you mm -hmm. got to go in there and, and be black and throw out the whole group. Y'all, all 16 of y'all, just get out. Ooh, right. I said it. I said it. And the teacher's like, go right ahead. So <laughs> we appreciate you. And they kind of go, wow, I can command this crowd. I tell people, if you can control ninth graders in D.C. or across the country, you good. I you was, are good. I was just about to say the same thing because, I mean, I, I – I tell everybody, I mean, I, I still have folks who ask me, you know, what does it take to become a motivational speaker or an inspirational speaker or whatever? And I always say, if there's any way you can get in front of teenagers and really get them to respond positively, then that's, you've done something. But, but if you really want to challenge yourself, you know, you, you have to kind of make a mistake in front of them too. And, and sometimes the, the gig just won't go well. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. you're going to have five. It's going to seem like 500. Sometimes you're going to have 100. It seems like you have a good 20 of them sitting there because they're just that good. You know, they're just that well-behaved. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people that, I, I mean, if you really want to be an effective speaker, speak to, speak to a group of teenagers, and they will get you right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> real right, real right. I mean, I, I, I remember the time where I actually got, people asked me, where did you get the name Speaker Man from? Like, I just made that myself. No. Here's what happened, Eddie. I got sent to, <laughs> I got sent to uh, school in D.C. I can't remember the name of the school. I'm doing a presentation, and you know we flipping pages. Oh, come on up to the stage. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, all right, y'all got any questions? I got a question, Mr. Speaker, man. I said, <laughs> what did you say? I said, Mr. Speaker, man, I got a question. I said, hold up. That's hilarious. And I said this. I'm going to steal that. Thank you so much. And that is when I became a speaker man. Some school in D.C. many, many years ago. So I became a speaker man and ran with it to this day. It's hilarious. The, the, hilarious. the gift that keeps giving. Teenagers, <laughs> teen, teenagers not remembering your name or not wanting to remember your name or just flat out just not wanting to acknowledge you. That is the gift right. that keeps giving, isn't it? Absolutely. They just act, act like you don't exist. And then here's the, the bad problem is I can go there with you. So <laughs> that was... <laughs> I can go there with you. I'm call you, to, you know, Tim, you mean Timothea, what's, what's your name? Sorry, what'd you say? And I think that kind of endears you to the crowd that you can take it and be, you can kind of work with them. You know what I'm saying? You, you can mm -hmm. connect. And I think that was one of the things that we learned how to do was to connect with the audience and, and then be transparent with them as possibly as you can. So, yeah, I think, I, I think one of the times that I realized, cause I, I was one of those people who, if my, if my presentation wasn't going well, I'm like 30 minutes in and if it wasn't going well, then my brain was just, it was all over the place. And I would mm -hmm. just be standing up there going, I, I just want this to end. I just, I just want this. I just want this speech to end and I want to get out of here and I want to get my car and I want to go home because this right, is not right. going well. And these kids are awful. They're just awful people because, and it's not because they were being ill behaved. It's because they just weren't into my presentation. So I would, I would just be like, these are some awful people. But the funny thing is I actually realized that sometimes the only way you can win, the, uh, win a teenage or an early 20s audience back is if you do something completely goofy and it's not planned, it's not, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and I realized that, okay, 
in, in speaking, one of the things you have to be willing to do is you have to be willing to humble yourself and you can't beat yourself up when it's not going right. And, right. and, and I'll never forget the way, the way that it happened was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at a university in Arkansas and the presentation was going horribly. I mean, it was about, I don't know, a thousand freshmen. They were not feeling it. They just uh-huh. weren't feeling it. And you're and I, I can't remember. There was this story we used to tell in uh, the ultimate road trip, making college count, you know, whatever we, <laughs> the ultimate road trip. That's what it was. There was a story we, and I can't remember what the story was, but I remember it was, it was some kind of story about interning or something that we told. And I was telling this story and the scenario that I set up, I had a student up on stage with me and the scenario that I set up was that it was a student who was, uh, who was learning how to do business at a startup. And, and this was built into the script somehow that Uh we had to talk about the student who was interning with somebody in a basement or something like that. It was, it was something weird. And (laughs) at some point, the the student I remember the student I was uh, I had up on stage the volunteer his name was Jeff and at some point of the of the presentation I said now Jeff is messing with this dude all in his basement trying to get the business going <laughs> <laughs> and the audience lost it I mean they lost but then they loved it after that so mm-hmm. and, it, and it was crazy because I think I only had like fifteen minutes to go in the presentation. But they uh-huh. loved the, the next 15 minutes. They were golden. And, mm, and afterwards, they were just like, they were like, dude, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best talk <laughs> I ever heard. <laughs> I was like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't until I no, talked about Jeff messing around with somebody in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you just have to, just sometimes I've actually, during those times and sometimes now, I'll, I'll throw the script to the side, literally. Throw the book to the side. Look, let's talk. Mm-hmm, I mean, you're mm-hmm. not feeling me right now. So let's have a real conversation. And then at that moment, you become speaker. In that moment, you connect because we knew that joint was canned. We, it was, yeah, it was, we yeah. walked into the room like, this is not going to go well. I better come up with some adjustments quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah. This dude on his bicycle ringing the bell ain't going to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. You know, you counting this money, they're going to try to make it rain. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> so you just have to adjust. And most of the time, I, I end up freelancing it and, and doing off the dome and just having a conversation in general about what we were talking about, but not specifically to the thing. Oh, and by the way, get up them feedback forms. I need those. I got to get, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get forms. I'm trying to get up to uh, 57%. All right. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this question, Eddie, as you did your speaking and we were low tech, Mm-hmm. Look, there was no need if we had a light it barely a light we could do this doggone thing <laughs> how did that affect your speaking style coming forward like did you add things did you really need the technology behind you are you still a low-tech type speaker i'm still low-tech you know what as a matter of fact i'll never forget this i'll never forget that you remember you remember jr right oh yeah jr he fought powerpoint for the longest like people kept telling jr you got to do PowerPoint. You got And he was just like, no, no, no. Or maybe JR was the who, I think he's the one who maybe wanted it. I can't remember. But um, I was the same way. Whoever it was who was against PowerPoint, I was the same way. And the reason was the storytelling is really what does it for people. Mm-hmm. And 
you can have the greatest presentation. You can have fireworks. You can have monkeys jumping off the side <laughs> of the rafter. I mean, you can have all kinds of stuff going on. But if you don't make that connection with the audience, if you don't get the right story in there that could really connects with the audience or the group that you're talking to, to really help them understand the point that you're trying to make, then all the tech in the world doesn't help. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still really low tech. Like when I, when I do the Black Greek Success Program, you know, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I have a PowerPoint and it helps, but what really helps, and I noticed this, I remember for the, I struggled with this thing. And you remember when I came up with this thing? Yep, yep. I struggled for the longest. And this is why I never brought anybody else into it like I wanted to, because I, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. And for the longest, I realized one of the biggest mistakes I made with that presentation was that I kept talking theory throughout the whole, I would, it would mm. be like 50 minutes of theory and 50 mm -hmm. minutes of you know direction and things like that i wasn't telling any stories and the last couple of times that i did it as a matter of fact um you know you graduated from huntsville as a matter of fact one of the last uh one of the last presentations i did was at um university of north alabama actually okay All right and mm -hmm. that was the first time i <laughs> broke out a lot of stories in the presentation and it was there was a big connection everybody knew where i was coming from you know and and they they appreciated the what i was trying to say to them um right. but i had to get those stories in there and the powerpoint was nice but it was the stories that really really got them uh, because like i at the right off the right off the bat you know i give this scenario and talk about you know, what it was like when I was in my chapter meetings and, and the kinds mm. of characters who was sitting in chapter meetings. And <laughs> I immediately, I heard somebody say, yep, that's you. And I was like, I said, good, I got him. I got him. Mm -hmm. I got him. I'm only five minutes in. I got him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. yeah. But I, I'm, I'm still low tech, man. I'm still low yeah, tech. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that. Um, and I, I'm thankful for the training because I, <laughs> I started speaking for another uh, company, um, Positive Coaching Alliance. And we do a lot of stuff with sports and talking. And when I first, I've been with them for oof, almost 10 years now, just as a contract yeah. speaker. And we would go to the training and Bobby, I don't know if you remember Bobby, Bobby got me involved with them. Mm -hmm. And we went to the training and they had overhead slides. We had to work with overhead slides. That's how long ago that was. I was Wait, like, what in the whole world is this? Wait, so, overhead slides like with the with the transparent <laughs> like in school, right? You gotta put a piece of paper over the cover so the light don't show up. No, take that off. Okay. It was a, a nightmare. And so <laughs> of course, inevitably, what happens is you go to this presentation, they don't have no power, no overhead. They could not deliver the presentation with just a book. I was like, slide over. I got this. And I was able to pull that book and he goes, How did you do that? I've been trained by the best. Yeah. And so then you run to people who use props and all want to do all these exercises and everybody get up and move around. I hate it. And I said, that's, I said, I'm enough. I am enough. I'm sufficient. Right. Right. And my straight ego, my straight speaker ego. Jump, I tell people I'm only really overly confident about a couple of things. One was making cookies. The other one's speaking. Don't mess with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and I would just say, I don't need all those. I'm gonna tell a story. I'm gonna laugh, I'm gonna hear feedback and you're playing the audience. And the hour, an hour and 10 minutes goes by so quick. I didn't need to, you know, okay, everybody stop and take your pencils and put them on your head and tell me what you, who got time for all that? But some right. people thrive at it. 
it's just not my style. I tried it and I failed miserably because I didn't believe in it. I still yeah. struggle with it. I'm good with PowerPoints a little bit, you know, but props and, and, and spinning things around and y'all go talk to this and come, and then, you know, break up facilitation work versus speaking, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. So I just want to see how you felt about it because I blame P- MIC for that because of how y'all <laughs> trained me to be low tech <laughs> on purpose. But I mean, the thing is, though, is that is that when you really do connect with people and they come to you and they say and they say things like, I really feel better. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going in the right direction or you made me really think twice about some stuff I was I wanted to do. I, I think the biggest compliment I ever got, I did a I did a speech at a community college in Dallas and. There was a there was a, a a woman who a student. She was actually a non traditional student. She walked up to me after the presentation, and asked me, you know, if I had a business card. So I gave her my business card, and she looked at me and she said, "This is gold." And I was like, "I was like the business mm. card." I was like, ah, you know, I just got it done at Office Depot. It's no big deal." But <laughs> but I mean, but she, she said she said you have no idea how much of my life you changed in fifty minutes, mm. and I and I and I really wish that I had got her name and, and kept up with her and asked her how things, you know, just so I can find out how things are going with her. But that was the most humbling thing anybody has ever said to me uh, mm-hmm. after a presentation. And I mean, you know, after doing Making Account, you have all these teenagers who, you know, they come up to you and they say things like, you know, you know, Mr. I'm, I'm going to go to college now that you, and you're like, oh, oh, I, I made this kid think about college and he wasn't thinking about it when he walked in. But man, when, when this student told me that, mm that what I what I said to her and she referred to my business card as gold I, I just I was I was I, I'm still speechless about it because I it is worth everything to go through to go do the free talk <laughs> to, to go do the free talk where you're like yeah it was 95 degrees in this church and I did this talk and you know but mm-hmm. you know what? It's a church and, you know, the Lord told me I needed to be here. So, yeah, I'm doing it. And, and, and you get frustrated with those kinds of things, but it's worth everything when somebody tells you something like that. And you're like, okay. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you, you almost don't know how to take it. It's like, right. are you pulling right. my chain right now? Are you, are you really? And then I am dope. And I, but oh, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you. So yeah. Much. Yeah. But they really, I mean, you, the look on their face is like, I've, and again, in, in one of these uh, uh, urban suburban schools. So, so actually I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. I was in, in the city and one of the young girls and they're probably the rows in the concrete. Well, y'all shut up. I'm trying to listen just because you're not going to college. I'm trying to listen. Go ahead, Mr. Speaker, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had and they're like locked in and they got mad. And when I put them out, she was like, thank you so much. And you're just kind of like, okay, I'm talking to you. That's what I'm here for. I was sitting here today just for you. So let's get with it. And that gave me the energy to go. And if you want to ride along and when they see that you ain't going to take no mess and you really are concerned about them, that connection piece, that you weren't just, you know, there for the money with money. Yeah. But it, it was really hard. And the people come up and say, you, you said something to me today. I've been struggling with this. I want to move to that. You gave me the final piece to move forward, encourage to try. Yeah. Eddie, those things keep you coming back. Like that shot in golf that you stuck the whole round and then mm-hmm. you hit this nice straight one a hundred yards. I'll be back tomorrow. So yeah. it's, yeah. it was that it was those times, those yeah. times, but um, it's been it, good. Yeah. But so, <clears throat> so I, so I have to, it is, I, I started to have this thought that although 
people can be kind of hard on motivational speakers sometimes. They're just like, ah, you know, y'all are just corny or whatever. Um, I really, I really think that, especially with the, with the, the, the unrest that we've had in 2020, and especially mm. with the political mm -hmm. climate that we've had over the past few years, and people are really starting to see, wait a minute, it really was as bad as it was. Um, mm -hmm. even, even, even people who are in that dude's camp, the dude who's been occupying the White House, even, even the people who were, who were in his camp are starting to say, okay, the, it, it was weird, wasn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm of the mindset now that really, there aren't enough motivational speakers. Because I, mm. I, I really think about some of the, now that being said, I mean, it has to be somebody who can really, really, you have to, what you say has to resonate with folks. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, you have a lot of college students right now, you know, I'm on a college campus on a daily basis because I work at a university. And I see a lot of the mental health issues that students struggle with. I see that there are people who are working jobs and, you know, they hate the job, but it's not that they hate the job. It's just that they hate the situation and the situation. Everybody has all these situations. And, and I think one of the biggest favors, well, not favors, but I think one of the biggest ironies of the pandemic that we've been going through is that it's really given a lot of speakers an opportunity to figure out, okay, wait a minute, I really can reach a few more people with a lot less effort. And I, and I mm -hmm. really think mm -hmm. I can make a real difference to somebody I would never have gotten an opportunity to talk to. So it, it just seems to me like there's just a lot of opportunities for even a simplest message to make a big difference in, in people's mm -hmm. lives. I don't know if you've felt that way. I know, I know, I know for somebody who works in speaking, it's been really, it's been a struggle with the pandemic, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? I agree. I think um, that's, that's well. That's a very good thought because you wonder with all the negative verbiage and vibes coming at you, how are you defending that? Yeah. Well, you got to throw some positivity at it. You know what I'm saying? So it has to be more of us doing the positive to push that negative energy back. There needs to be more strong motivational speakers, more messages, and you're starting to see people moving that. Just like you saw the coaching business just blow up. Everybody, mm -hmm. mama, need a coach. Well, they need some positive support somewhere. And I think more speakers uh, on more platforms is what you are seeing, whether you're just on YouTube or you're on the gram, everybody throwing messages out. I'm on, you know, I'm on, I'm on a, a TikTok and now I'm saying by giving motivational messages. Sharon was like, Sharon Myers, Mark, you should get motivational. I said, people are doing dances and, and flips. You want me to get here and talk about motivation? <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a marketplace for it. I said, I don't need another platform right now. I'm good. I'm good. But I think there needs to be more out there and there's, People who are, because you know what, you make a good point. I'm more likely now maybe to listen to a message by myself mm -hmm. than pay X amount of dollars to go and sit in the room and let everybody know I messed up. Right. Versus being at home, it's consuming this positive content. I mean, I listen to ET, you know, every time I saw you and listen to him, I've been, I sit here working on stuff now. I just turn on and listen to the greats. I go back to Jim Rome and all these guys and just listen to what they were saying back then. Mm hmm. Like, that still that still is positive. It still works. That still hunts. It's still so relevant. I, it's still relevant. I mean, because way. I mean, on a daily basis, there are people out there who don't think they can do it. Mm -hmm. On a daily basis, and they need somebody to say you can do it. And and sometimes, and we learn this from making it count. You know, these kids had counselors telling them 
ad nauseum to do this and do that and get ready for college. We came in and did a 15-minute presentation and said the same thing that counselors had been telling them for mm-hmm. two, two or three years. And all of a sudden, they go to their counselors going, you never said this. <laughs> I felt bad for the counselors. <laughs> the counselors like, I told you this yesterday. You didn't do this. <laughs> no. I told you the scholarship forms are sitting right there on my desk. I've been telling you for three months that they're there. This man came in and told you for 50 minutes, and now you're listening? (laughs) Right, right, right. right. I told you FAFSA is available in December. It's not due to January. You can't file it early. It's just, yeah. It's that information. You're right. And um, getting people, and I think one of the things I, I will attribute to my success is I, I will talk about what I don't do mm. and I'm gonna tell you how to do because I'm trying to do it too I, right. I, I, I tell people I counsel people listen if you're a motivational slash coach person ain't got no issues you got the wrong person give me wow. somebody with some flaws wow. uh, and they're trying to work because this mantra that I'm spewing ain't just for you it's for, you're just invited to my internal conversation yeah. And we have the audacity or the lack of common sense to be up on the stage and tell you about it. So that's what I'm saying. I want my, my dude to have some flaws that they're working on. Like you talking about not feeling like doing stuff, whatever. I, I'll lay down and say, I really don't want to finish this off. I can just go out and get online and, and work on my trade and currency stuff. And I'm like, dude, you got to get this thing done. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> now here comes the message. You said you're going to do it. You got to deliver. You got to come through. So then I go speak. I did a whole podcast on, okay, so I've been learning how to trade Forex currency, right? It's a thing. And during mm-hmm. my pandemic skill learning session, which I talked about in March, I tried to learn. I don't know who else I should pay for my therapy sessions that I was having. <laughs> I began to see stuff about me that I didn't know existed, wow. where the fear came from, where the scarcity mindset came from, why I was afraid to handle money in the larger, who I'm afraid to win, or why I was I afraid to take a risk and lose $2, Eddie, $2. Yeah. I'll walk car and lose two dollars but i was afraid to lose it in the market because they said oh you can lose it all oh <laughs> yeah yeah i learned i learned my investing style i learned what i was comfortable with and guess what it is who i am i made a whole podcast about it because that was the truth mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. were like man you can't believe you said that i said well but it's the truth and you know you're dealing with it so i think if all these speakers are, are speaking truth about where they're going what they've been through you you know people are going to resonate and you know that you tell yeah. your stories and um all the things you've been doing over your life and people go, I can relate to that. I'm on that street, as they say in the church. That's on my street. That's yeah, on my street. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, like, again, when I speak to Greeks, I think when I speak to D9 Greeks, I think that's one of the reasons I'm able to connect with them because one mm-hmm. of the stories I tell is, is about how I barely graduated from college. <laughs> and and, it, and it's, it's such an embarrassing story to tell, but they need to hear that that I, there was some kind of, there was some struggle in my life. They need to hear that. And they need to hear that I figure out how to deal with that. Um, because it really is, honestly, the fact that I barely graduated from undergrad, it really is extraordinarily embarrassing. I hate telling that story. I can't stand it because I'm sitting there going, I can't believe that I had to fight like hell to graduate. And, and then I went in, I went in like, a, you know, I my first semester, I made a three, eight, my last semester, I was like, please sign this form for this class so I can get out of here, please. So, but they appreciate it. I mean, that's, that's one of the things. And, and one of the things that, you know, that I've been hearing in marketing a lot lately um, is, um, um, is that 
Gen Z and millennials, but really there's a lot of focus on Gen Z right now. Mm-hmm. They want authenticity and they, they, they are not crazy about authority because authorities let them down, yep. you know? Yep. And they, they really want to hear people. If, if you are going to teach them anything, they have to know that you are fallible, <laughs> you know, and uh, they, they're not, they're not going to stand for, the perfect super speaker, you know, who's trying to be down. They, they're not going to go for that. They are not no, going to go I'm, for it. Yeah. They, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, you know, shouts out to, to Tony Robbins, but I'm not walking on no glass and no fire. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you sure? Look, we can walk around. Look, we can walk around this thing. We can walk around it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we can still get there, y'all. We're going to work around it because I ain't going to do it. I don't expect you to do it. But I do expect you to get to the other side. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, working with the youth, period i think a keeps us young it keeps yeah, us engaged yeah, it does. keeps us relevant because at the mindset um of trying to be authentic because they do look to us they do look to someone to say something that's going to resonate with them and, and like when you when i'm talking to my son i feel like god has reset me through a lot of situations to refresh my mind on the stuff that he's going mm. through right now we can sit mm. down and say dude let me just tell you what happened last week with this same situation oh my god oh my god yeah. and he's sitting there like is this dude lying to me? But he's been in the house. So he hears it, whether it's relationships, whether it's business, whether it's, it's your boys at school, whether it's finishing school, dealing with his mom, all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm telling my son because what? Who else gonna tell him? Mm-hmm. And who else yeah. is gonna tell him the truth besides you know the dude living that he calls dad? Hopefully. So <laughs> same thing with speaking, is that I think we're called to tell the truth, um, and 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 shed some light on on how to get through, or just like not giving up and stuff. But yeah, I agree, especially with the Greeks. They, um, you could tell stories all day long. I, I think I have my best conversations talking to everybody who ain't a Kappa. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we, because we all kind of go in your chapter too. Is that, is that oh, happening? Oh Lord, have Dude. mercy. Let me tell you, I, I, so a friend of mine, and I, I actually wrote a piece that is it, funny. Is this piece has been making rounds for the past two years? But I wrote this piece called. Ten things black Greeks don't like about grad chapters. Oof. And I mean, like every once in a while, like on an alpha forum, I'll see it pop up. And it's like, do y'all agree <laughs> with this brother? <laughs> like, and, it's, and I'm sitting like, oh God, I don't know if I want to read these comments. And you know, in the comments, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm I'm blessed that they've been mostly favorable. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's so funny. The the inspiration for that, for that, for that piece was actually talking to a friend of mine who's a Sigma. And, mm. you know, he and I just, we, we just went out for drinks one night and we just, we chopped it up. And he was like, man, I don't know if this happens with y'all. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that definitely happens with us. Oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, you got them too, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, and his brother, he was a state president. So, you know, mm-hmm. he definitely went through it. Um, right, right, right. But that was really, that was really inspiration. But I was sitting there when I was listening to him talk about his stuff and, and he had to get some, he, Mark, he had some stuff on his hall. <laughs> some stuff on his hall. <laughs> he could be good it off. Get lit it off. And, and when he, when we finished talking, I said, you know what? I, I think I can really reach a lot of other Greeks who are wondering, I, am I going crazy? No, no, this ain't happened. Nah, this is just my crazy chapter. And I'm like, no, no, all of our chapters go through this and we go through it, you know, Mm -hmm. but they needed to, somebody had to say it and somebody had to, somebody had to frame it in a way that it said, listen, 
that situation sucks, but what we do is great. Be- being mm-hmm. a D9 Greek, there's nothing like it. We love it. We love our grad chapters, but you're not imagining things. That is screwed up, that thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, no, 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 no. That is jacked up. No, no, no. You're right. That's jacked up. And that brother right there is crazy. So, right. I mean, it's, it's all those stories. I remember doing a, um, a regional conference and some of the brothers knew I spoke, some didn't. And, and you know, hey, brother Williams, you come down to the conference. It was all day leadership conference. The first round of classes I had, 20 brothers. It was four sessions. By session three, it was standing room only. And everybody yeah. said, what are you talking? I was going off on yeah. everything in the chapter. And I was the second vice president at that time, second vice pole mark in my chapter. Dude, I, I made a whole program. I have a whole training program. I went to my, my regional director uh, and like, hey, I availed myself to you, great sire. Let me teach this to the second vice pole marks in the province. You know, getting ready to go into the first, into the chair. No one talks about the leadership transition. No one talks about it. And I had this whole program called Leading from the Second Chair. Strictly because what is your job? You don't speak. You don't speak to meetings, but you should be learning stuff, right? And one of the things I I assert was you should be preparing your platform then. Mm -hmm. Whatever the poll market is doing, you're executing, executing, but you need to put your spin on it then too then you start making your programs that you want to get done by the time you get to the first vice president by the time you get to the chair you have now had four years of your program not just two but what are possible so well maybe one they vote you out but one of the possible years of leadership <laughs> so he looked at it and goes oh, that's, i never got a phone call i'm like jesus christ this is some good stuff yeah yeah so because right, now let's let's talk about the, let's talk about the magazine yes so what's what's the magazine tell us about it take us home what is it all right, so the magazine is Off the Bench with, you know, the Off the Bench magazine. It is uh, a, a combination of all the things I've ever done in a magazine. So I combine uh, my podcast on there. I'm looking for guests and people with content. It's a platform. Um, one of the things that drove me to do this was I woke up again with the thought of the people I train to speak. We, we just talked about reps, right? We, mm-hmm. We've cut our teeth. With translation, we had a lot, a lot of reps to get our skill together. And I'm training people who don't have any opportunity. I think when people go and spend lots of money with some people we know that trained that are dope, mm-hmm. but if you're not prepared to go there, you just wasted your money. And mm-hmm. if you come out of there, you don't have nowhere to go speak, most people. So I start training people and I said, well, let me give them yet another platform. You've already been on my podcast. You've probably been on my Facebook Live. And now I want to take you that content and help you transition into a magazine to get more reach, mm-hmm. more practice. And just provide opportunity for people to get a platform. So the magazine was born out of that. It's a motivational magazine. And that we have lifestyle. We have uh, supposed travel, motivation, of course. We got authors, coaches, um, fitness and wellness. Uh, my mama's even in the magazine. Eddie, my mama there with, with devotional. Mama said she called Coffee with Marcia. She's in the back and she got a little devotional in the back. Okay. My mama, 83. And uh, it will probably be the biggest section of the doggone magazine and she'll have a following. <laughs> Yeah. That's, not, that's what's going to happen. Yes. But, but I, felt like, I felt like this was a good opportunity to get people to have another means to get their message out there. There's a lot of good stuff out there. So the magazine um, is available. It's gonna, you could subscribe. If you go to my um, Instagram page, OTB Live, OTB Live, and click on the link, you'll see the subscription button for the magazine. Um, it'll come out there and we can get the magazine to you. It's going to release here probably this week. If you're on Facebook, hit me up on Speakerman87. Uh, and follow that. But the magazine is good. We're already working in the January issue. Now, the January issue is going to be good. Um, every January, I do a word of the year. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm come up with a word. I get online, I make this big deal about it, and I challenge everybody to come up with a word of the year to help you through the year. This particular year, my word was flagrant, as in flagrant foul. Like I'm about to intentionally hurt you on purpose. And people are like, why are you using flagrant? Well, because I'm attack my goals with intention. Because I be bull. I be bulljanking sometimes. I need to attack that and go get it because I need to be flagrant. So next year. The whole issue is centered around the word of the year. So whoever's comes in the magazine to write or subscribe, they got to write in the magazine. They got to talk about the word of the year so we can build off of it. Because then I come back in mid-year, May, talk mm-hmm. about word of the year. I come back in fourth quarter, where would you do all year? So that's going to be the word of the year. Um, we also have a spot for authors. Um, if you are an author, you want to put your book out there and advertise it. You know, the book, because it's digital, has hot links in it right to your page. So if you tell me I'm going to your website to make a purchase, that's where it's going. I don't particularly care. It's coming to you. Um, and that's what the magazine is. So it's, it's going to be good. I like the first issue. It's, it's, it's hot. I, I'm, I'm very proud of this piece that's been put together. So okay. make sure you all subscribe to it. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, Speakerman87 is my main, main page. You can also subscribe there. But OTB Live is where the podcast and all this stuff is, goes over there. All right. One more thing. Yes, sir. Get us ready for 2021. Everybody's sick of 2020. Get us ready for 2021. What's your word? Besides flagrant. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to share with the audience what my word is. I don't ever tell it, but I'm going to tell you what my word is. My word for 2021 is until. Until. Okay. I was working out. I was actually listening to some old messages and, and someone dropped the until thing. And I was like, until? That's just kind of weird. Like, work until hustle until pray until you get there until you get it the bible says pray without ceasing until something happens right so my word for 2021 is until and whatever you're trying to do in your life wherever you're trying to achieve you should not stop until you reach a goal or until you realize it's not what you want to do period period <laughs> Wiggins, Mark Wiggins, everybody. He he motivates so beautifully. Don't you agree? Um, so, <laughs> man, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for gracing me, man, with uh, with your presence on on for our edification. Appreciate it, bro. And and it's always good to catch up with you, brother. So absolutely, um, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. You got it, man. Looking forward to great things, and we'll be in touch as always. Okay. All right, bro. Take care. Motivational speaking is about many, many things. And from a speaker's standpoint, it's about finding that spot where your words are really needed at the right time with just the right message. For Mark, it's that magical sports reference of getting off the bench, sharing his experiences. And the message is not for everybody. For someone who's not a sports fan, eh, folks like Mark, they may not exactly get there with that message that he has. But for others, it's not necessarily about the reference. It's about the stories. It's about the energy. It's about the intention of that motivational speaker. But when that spot is found, a life changes. Again, many thanks to my man, speaker, author, trainer, Mark Wiggins. Check out his podcast, Off the Bench. And check out the 4-Hour Edification page at eddiefrancis.com. The podcast is available on your favorite platform, Pandora, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Rate it, follow it, share it with friends, please, and thank you. For Dr. Halima Lee Francis, I'm Eddie Francis. You've been listening to For Our Edification.